Teen Minds Redefined. You're listening to the podcast with Cheryl Pankhurst. Welcome to another episode of Teen Minds Redefined, where we strive to redefine our relationships with our teenagers to foster settled and authentic teenagers in our world. And today I have a very special guest, Sharon King. Sharon is an international trainer of energy psychology techniques for transforming trauma and living a more joyful, connected and empowered life. One of her specialties is working with pre- and perinatal birth trauma for both mother and baby. As a best-selling author, Sharon shares her extensive knowledge in her book, Heal Your Birth, Heal Your Life. Co-author of Return to the Mother World, Ancient Feminine, Feminine Wisdom in Times of Transition. Sharon's specialty is transforming your experience of giving birth or being born and any trauma associated with conception, pregnancy, and birth. She also works with mothers-to-be to achieve a natural birth, as well as infertility, IVF, adoption issues, and healing the wounds of losing a baby. Her training is extensive with qualifications and experience in holistic healing modalities and creating her own Heal Your Birth, formerly known as Matrix Birth Reimprinting, and the Light Matrix Techniques for Transforming Ancestral Patterns, Past Lives, Discovering Your Life Purpose, and Manifesting the Life of Your Dreams. Sharon is living in beautiful Thailand and is hosting retreats and producing online programs for parents-to-be to achieve a conscious conception, pregnancy, birth, plus hosting new training programs for students. So welcome, Sharon. That is quite a resume. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> and I'm, I'm. Do you want to add anything to this before I launch into this conversation? Uh, I think that's pretty complete. <laughs> There's okay. probably lots I could add, but but right now I think that just about covers. Perfect. Everything. No problem. So I guess my very first question, and I want to go through some of the terms, of course, because it took me a minute to go. What the heck is this? What the heck is that mean? But. Why this? What got you here? <laughs> okay, so that could be a very long story, or or I'll give you the ed- the the edited highlights. So, what got me here? I later found out was my own in utero and birth experience, but I also know that I was born to do this job. So everything that happened to me in my life, kind of led to to me now being um, working with people with trauma, helping them to to transform those experiences. Um, but I always knew, I always knew through I was searching, I felt like I was searching all my life to find something that I was meant to be doing. And I did massage aromatherapy, reflexology, Indian head, all the animal things, because I have a passion for animals, you know, animal aromatherapy and training mm-hmm. and things like that. And it wasn't until 2007, in my 40s, that I discovered EFT. And for anybody who doesn't know what EFT is, it's the tapping technique. Yes. Where you focus on trauma um, or an emotional event, and it helps you uh, regulate that experience. And it was that that three-day workshop where I saw so many massive, big transformations in people that I went... Like it was like a, 
aha moment. It's like, this is what I've been searching for. Where have you been all my life? And of course, you know, EFT wasn't wasn't around when I was a child or, no. or a young teen. So I, I, as synchronicity has it, I bumped into EFT at the right time. And then with the right trainer, because Carl Dawson then went on to develop something called matrix re-imprinting, which is the concept of using the EFT tapping. But instead of tapping on yourself in this now moment, you go back in time and you imagine tapping on your younger self. And it's your younger self that holds that emotion, that experience, all the thoughts, feelings, emotions that are associated with that trauma. It's your younger self that's holding on to that. So you go back in time and work with your younger self. So that then kind of opened up a whole new world for me. Mm -hmm. And I guess where I stepped into the birth arena was through meeting a lady called Caroline and I effectively could now call her chapter one because she's chapter one in my book okay <laughs> yes yes but um she was five months pregnant with her third child absolutely terrified of giving birth like really terrified of giving birth because she'd done it twice before to two boys before both labors were had medical interventions which she didn't want they were long labor and she had trouble breastfeeding so in one session, uh, we worked with the birth of her first son. Mm -hmm. And the biggest trauma point is interesting because you, people would think that physical pain is, is the biggest trauma point, but it's not. It's, it's what happens in your mind. It's what happens when you lose trust of, of somebody that you've put your trust in. Yeah. It's when you lose trust in yourself. Um, and I always say that at, the, at a big, big, big point in our life, like giving birth, that's when our unhealed negative emotions and beliefs can come up even more strongly because we're being put, we're being tested, we're being put under pressure. So for her, she, um, she was very frustrated and didn't want to have the epidural. She didn't want the baby monitor. Um, she was panicking because the baby's heartbeat was coming down. Um, so we kind of worked on that and transformed that for her. Um, but the biggest, biggest loss of trust came when the midwife kept saying to her, look, you're tired. You've been in labor a long time. You're, um, you're not dilating, like have an epidural, have an epidural. Yeah. And she didn't want an epidural, but she gave in. In the end, she gave in to an epidural, took two hours for the anesthetist to come. When he did come, gave her the epidural and then the midwife checked her again and went oh you're now 10 centimeters dilated you could have given birth naturally but hey let's do it without pain <laughs> right for her that was the biggest biggest trauma that loss of confidence that loss of trust mm -hmm. so anyway so we worked with that worked through that sacked that midwife sent her out the room brought in a, a new midwife and then the birth just flowed um so she carried on she went into the birthing process she went into the bonding process and um, then we went back to our own birth experience. So once we'd kind of, the, the technique kind of takes you through all the points of trauma, you clear the points of trauma, and then you go back and do the birth how it was meant to be. You rewrite so, the whole story. You rewrite the whole story. So once the, once the trauma's gone, you go back and you do it how it should have been. 
Now, this, this sets off the same neurons in the brain, the same physiology, the same oxytocin hormones are released in the body because your mind doesn't know what's real and what's imagined. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm going to say I, I, I read the book in two nights. I could not stop. And I mean, I've, you know, had different authors on and, and read the book over time and it's, they've been great books, but I was just entranced with what I was like, what, what? You're not just talking about, you know, you talk about people going back and then releasing blocks and you hear all that spirituality connection, heart connection. And, and then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. She just rewrote this whole story. Yeah. Just re and you said you even just said that whole introduction about Carolyn and then going back. You said it so fast that I read the book, so I know what you're talking about. But yeah. let's pretend the listeners didn't read the book. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's a long I, story. I'm trying to make it short, but no, I I understand. But what I'm what I'm saying is that I might not understand that you just literally tapped and went back into her whole story. Yeah. And is it was this? Okay, just explain tapping before if somebody's going, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah. Okay. So the the concept of EFT is you focus on something that's going on in your life. So let's just say you're angry about something because you just had a row with your partner or your child mm -hmm. or whatever, or your teenage child is driving you crazy. <clears throat> Excuse me, because he won't get off his PlayStation yep. upstairs or whatever the new version of a PlayStation is nowadays. Um, so you literally, you'll tap, you acknowledge, first of all, you have to acknowledge where you are before you can change where you are. So even though I'm feeling all of this anger because he's on that bloody PlayStation again, and he hasn't even come down for his dinner and so disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. And you can just blah as much as you want. <sighs> I completely accept myself anyway, or I choose to release this now or whatever the positive statement is, however it is that you want to feel. Mm -hmm. And then you tap around the meridian point. So all of this anger in my body, I can feel it knotting in my stomach. This knot of anger in my stomach. All of this knot of anger in my stomach. I choose to release some of this now. This anger, this anger, so frustrating. Won't come down for his dinner. Totally disrespectful. <sighs> I wonder what that reminds me of. Yeah, it reminds me of when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pretty disrespectful too. Yeah, yeah, I got into trouble for doing similar things. Yeah, and then it kind of like the more you tap, the more it takes the energy out of that experience for you. And it helps you to regulate your emotions. It helps you to calm down. But you also feel like you've been heard. Even if you're just hearing yourself doing it, you feel like you've been heard. Um, and the, the, the energy system, because what people are probably unaware of is that we hold, we store emotion and trauma in our body, mm -hmm. our physical body. And if we don't address it, then it can lead to all sorts of physical illnesses. Um, so how do you get from, I'm pissed off to my, at my teenager, to I'm going back 30 years to birth? Uh, a different story there's a gap <laughs> there's a gap all right so for Caroline I'm going to keep coming back to Caroline here yeah. and using her as the example so um 
so her fear was in the now moment about giving birth to her child. So then yeah. you go back to where has she had these experiences before? So the first experience we she chose, her subconscious chose to go back to the birth of her first son. Now, from that point, we then went back into her own birth experience, right? So it's almost like your, either your younger self that you're working with will tell you where you need to go next or the, the thought, it's almost like, you know, if anybody believes in a higher self or it's almost like your higher self kind of drops in, goes, oh, okay, so this is part of this, um, this stream. If you think of like a string of pearls, yep. like there's always, there's always a pattern to what happens so we with Caroline we then went back to her own birth experience and she could in her mind she could see her mum her mum had the same fears that she did so did she know that or no she's putting that in the story okay okay yes so when when you when you start working with your younger selves your younger selves talk back to you at the age level that they're at, they communicate back with you because it's like that part of your consciousness is just being held in that time. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like out there. All right, it's being held out there. And it's not until you, if you think about your computer, it's not until you double click on something and open up a program. So it's still attached to her. So right. my job is just to go around finding these attached unhealed traumas. And it can be anywhere on your timeline. It can even be a past life. It can even be belong to your ancestors because that's part of the other work that I do. Mm-hmm. So when she stepped into the picture in her mind, she saw her mother laying there on the bed. She felt her mother and she could feel that the mother had the same fear about becoming a mum, giving birth. She was the first. No, she wasn't the first. She was the second. But mum was in fear. And... We we always like usually um, in a traumatic time we feel isolated and alone. So one of the key tools of trade tricks of the trade is to bring somebody else in. So we brought in her mum wanted her own mother to come in, but then we discovered there's friction between mum and grandmum. So we had to do a little bit of tapping on both of them to get them to play nicely together. Um, and then Caroline's, then we tapped on Caroline's baby self. So we tune in and see how the baby's feeling. All right. So Caroline's doing all of this herself. She's picking up the information from her baby self. She's picking up the information from her mum, picking up the information from her grandmother. We tap on them all. We clear the trauma. Baby Caroline comes out being held in mum's arms and went through the bonding process with her. And then I thought, that's it. You know, we can now move on to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And she suddenly went, oh, she said, I've got this feeling, this, this feeling in my chest coming up, this fear. And I'm going, it's very strange. In my head, I'm thinking, it's very strange. That doesn't normally happen. Yeah. And then she said, oh, my God. She said, what I know. So it was a combination of her, her tuning into what happened, but also what she consciously knows is that she was born with yellow jaundice. So she had to be separated from her mum. For um, two weeks, she had to stay in hospital and her mum would be with her during the day. But at night, her mum would go home to be with her older brother. So the baby was on its own at night. So this feeling of separation anxiety came up. So her body gave her that experience Mm -hmm. so we could look at that. So we went and worked with her baby self. We tapped on her baby self. Now, her baby self didn't understand why mum wasn't there. Right. So 
Caroline, as her adult self, explains to her baby self, look, it's not that mum doesn't love you. It's because she has to go home and look after um, your brother, mm-hmm. but she'll be back tomorrow. What would you like? Who would you like instead? You know, what would make you feel safe? Now, when we swapped out the midwife in Caroline's session with um, uh, her first son, she brought in an angel called Annie into that session. So we asked the baby, what would you like? In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, baby Caroline's going to choose that she wants to go home with her mum. But no, baby Caroline wanted angel Annie to stay with her. So she no longer felt alone. So what's, sorry, what's interesting is that after that session, when I did speak to her, she said, told me her husband was a professional footballer, used to travel all over the world playing football. The day before he would leave to go, they would always have a big row, always, you know, go head to head. And she never knew why. She always instigated the row. He partook in the row. Then he would go away. Then he would come back again. And then after, it wasn't until a few months after the session that she realized <clears throat> that she was no longer having to have that argument oh with him before he God. went away. So that adult experience with her husband was replaying her mum going away at night and coming back again. So that separation anxiety that she felt as a baby was recurring itself in her relationship with her husband. Oh, my God unconsciously there wasn't a conscious thought about this at all until the the aha moment came of oh my god I've healed that separation from mum at birth and now I don't have to have an argument with my husband oh my gosh it was her trigger so when you are talking about Carolyn and you're tapping on her baby self Mm -hmm. is Carolyn tapping herself at the time or is this Yes. So there's a number of ways of doing it. We work together in person. So as a therapist, I can hold your hand. I can tap on the points while in her mind, she's got her eyes closed and she's working on her younger self. Me and you were working on um, over the Internet like this. I would just lead you in tapping. I'll just say, okay. so as you're tapping on yourself, imagine tapping on your younger self right now, Uh even though you're feeling all of this fear and you're feeling all alone. And you don't understand where mum's gone. You're still a beautiful little baby and I'm here to help you now. Oh, I'm going to cry. (laughs) And she would be saying this to her baby self. All of this fear, you're not alone. You're not alone. I'm here to help you. I understand. I'm really sorry you feel this, feel mum's abandoned you. But she does love you. And she didn't really have a choice. The hospital wouldn't let her stay. But mum loves you very much. (sighs) Yes. So what is the significance of the points? Well, the po- point? Okay, good question. The points are, most of the points are at the end of the meridian system. So okay. if, if you think about acupuncture, for instance, they put well, needles into certain points in your body, depending on what you've got going on. Yes. So Gary Craig, who created EFT, originally did something called TFT, mm-hmm. thought field therapy. And with that, it's like if you have this issue, then you do this sequence of tapping. If you have that issue, you do this other sequence of tapping. And what Gary Craig did was to streamline it. So the top of the head, for example, is like a junction. 
there's a lot of meridians that cross over in the middle mm -hmm. of your head there. Mm -hmm. So you're just tapping and you're just creating a frequency. Imagine like being a spider in a web and you're just like, like just those, those webs, you're just like yeah. making them move and encouraging it to let go. All right, let wow. go of the shock, let, lo let go of the fear, let go of the, the anger, the sadness, the grief, the shame, the guilt. Um, because we're, we're, we as human beings are very good stuffers. It's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, that was a painful experience. Yeah, I'll just put that in the box over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was, I'm going to get a little bit like deeper here, but I was sexually abused as a child. I'm just going to stuff that over there. I'm going to put all that shame down into my womb or mm -hmm. hold it in my breasts. And then you end up breast cancer, ovarian cancer, you know, potentially anything that's around the sexual organs can be around a, a, a sexual abuse event mm -hmm. or it can be uh like the breast think about what the breasts are for like nurturing and mothering and yeah so mm -hmm. there could be something around you know loss of a child or something like that um so I don't want to take it too deep into that direction but when when because we're energetic beings as well as physical beings yeah then um, we're working with energy and emotions are energy. Thoughts are energy. Mm -hmm. Even our physical body, when it comes down to the cells in our body, they're just, just energy. Yeah. So when you're working in a, in a way of just stimulating the energy, but you're using your, your thoughts, feelings and emotions, when you're bringing all of that in, it, it just helps to release it on all the different levels, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual level. I don't think I've ever been speechless. So, okay, now, would Caroline have done, I'm going to use Caroline again, as yes. in one set, like, are these things done in one session? Do people come and see you multiple times for the same release or? Well, Caroline was a little bit of an exception because I feel... <clears throat> I want to go into a little bit of life purpose very quickly here. So mm -hmm. my, my life mission, my life purpose is to help people transform their experiences of birth. All right. That's one of my missions. Yeah. And I believe she came into my life at that point of setting me even more firmly on that path. Because when, when I first learned EFT, I was like, I want to work with everything. I don't want to specialize in anything, mm -hmm. but she came along to help me. So I think we probably worked for about an hour and a half, two hours. So we did birth of her first son. We did our own birth experience. We did the birth of her second son, which was very similar to the first one. And then we did what I call a future birth re-imprinting with her. And we showed the baby how the birth was going to be in the future. Now, it's very unusual to actually do, like, usually that each birth would be one session. Mm -hmm. We would have done the birth of her first son, then her own birth, then the birth of the second son, and then the future birth. If I work with a pregnant woman, for instance, those are definitely the areas I would cover, plus mm -hmm. what's going on in her life, um, and maybe look at her relationships. But, um, yeah, so more than – if it's just like a – event you can usually get that done in one session but as I said you you're also looking for that string of pearls mm -hmm. so bringing it back to teenagers you've got a teenager that's acting out yes like there's been all 10 plus years of experience that your teenagers had 
Mm-hmm. So the birth, the the in conception in utero and birth and the first year of life are, are what I call the foundations of who we are. So if your child has had a very, um, you know, you had a great pregnancy, you were in connection with the baby, um, you'd gone through and had a, a, a pretty I don't want to say a normal birth because there's no such thing, but as yeah. natural as possible birth, mm-hmm. unmedicalized. You got to do the bonding process. You're a you're a, a happy person that's dealt with with a lot of your tra- traumas. That child is going to be born with a real solid foundation. It's going to feel love. It's going to feel I I, I can trust the world. You know, mm-hmm. like mum's got me, dad's got me. I can trust the world. It's safe to go out into the world. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, a lot of us didn't come from that beginning and mm-hmm. we have what I call unstable foundations. So maybe mum wasn't expecting to get pregnant and she was shocked at finding out she was pregnant mm-hmm. or she even thought about termination, which to the baby is a life-threatening experience. And also, like, no judgment for anybody who goes through that thought process Mm. either, because it's not about the baby. And when I work with people whose parents have thought about that, we help the baby understand it's not about you. Yeah. Yeah. Mum doesn't even know you yet. It's like, how is this going to impact her life? So it's not about you. So that's one of the ways of, like, healing that trauma for somebody, because, um, you know, we have this... even as a baby, we still have this. We, there's no separation. We can't separate from mum's thoughts to mm-hmm. our own thoughts. We, we, there is just experience through mum's perceptions. So, um, yeah, so it depends on what you want to work on. Sometimes it can be multiple sessions. So if that teen, for instance, I don't know, um, got bullied at school and um, had a horrible breakup with a girlfriend or something like that, then you're going to... Um, Well, first of all, I would want to do the birth experience to recreate the solid foundations with mum. So -hmm. that's the great part. It's like most teenagers are like, what do you mean do a therapy session? Not not having any of that. What are you talking about? You crazy woman. I can't get them to listen to the podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But what you can do is you can be the surrogate for your, your son, your daughter, for your child. So, what what I've experienced over and over and over again. This just isn't a one-off experience. It's like over and over again. When mm-hmm. when if I was to work with you on the birth of the of your children, then something would either subtly change or dramatically change. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my clients um, just very recently, um, I asked her because one of the the questions I always ask people is what what's currently going on in your life. And what, what is, where do you want to be? What do you want to change about it? What's, what's the future looking like? Mm-hmm. And she was saying that her son has this terrible anxiety about um, any transitions. Uh, she didn't say transitions, but, but moving house. He's constantly feeling unsafe um, and, and terrified of having to move house. He's got this mm-hmm. anxiety about moving house, right? So mm-hmm. you would, you know, think, well, what, what, you know, what's going on here? But when we went back into, okay, so tell me what happened when you found out you were pregnant. What happened in your pregnancy? Any big traumas happen? And she said, oh, gosh, yes. She said, "Um, uh, when I was four months pregnant, I was living with my mother-in-law. And 
we came home, told her that we were pregnant for a couple of weeks. That was okay. And then all of a sudden, she told us that we have to leave. Like, now, you have to leave. I can't have you in my house. So literally, her and her husband got thrown out of the house when she was four months pregnant. So I said, well, how did that work out for you? She said, oh, it was fine. She said, you know, we found this flat. We made it our own, blah, blah, blah. I said, but in that moment, let's go back to that moment. And she said, well, I was devastated. I felt really betrayed. I'm angry about it. In fact, I'm really angry now about it. You know, what what mother would do that to another mother? I just mm -hmm. don't understand it. And of course, the more she's speaking, you could see that this is like a really big moment in her life that she's not thought about for the last 17 yeah. years or however old her, her child is. But it was like, and like, no wonder that that child now has grown up with this fear of like, you know, am I safe here? You know, like, do I have to move? Very unsettled because the baby also went through that shock and that trauma of being thrown out the house and all the thoughts and feelings and the anger and everything that mum had, that feeling of unsafety, I can't believe this, blah, 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 just got, just got programmed into imprint. her child. Imprint, that's, that's your imprint. imprint. Oh my goodness. And so... From conception. Yes, even, yeah, conception time. I believe, I know there's lots of different beliefs around when the, the soul enters the body. Yeah. My belief is, is that there's always a connection right from, connect, from conception. Okay. So when we go back, <clears throat> again, I think this story is in my book, but when we go back um, to the conception point, <clears throat> kind of like thinking of on an ancestral level as well. I worked with a guy who had PTSD in America. Mm -hmm. He was adopted, knew nothing about his birth experience, nothing at all. And we'd been working on trauma after trauma after trauma that he consciously remembers. Um, and his PTSD was getting much better, but it still wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. So the one session that took us like to, um, to the goalpost, if you like, was when we went back to that point just before conception. So he could see the egg, he could see the sperm. And as he tunes, remember, he knows nothing about his parents. He knows mm -hmm. nothing about his birth experience. There's no record. He tunes into the sperm and he said, oh, my God. He said, my dad had PTSD. He was in the Vietnam War. He said, I've just received that information. Oh, my God. So we tapped on the sperm. And we released that PTSD part of the sperm. And we, we helped that sperm to let it go. And then we did the conception how it should have been without the trauma. And this is all, this is what you're visualizing. You're visualizing, you're tapping on the sperm. Yeah. This, right? Oh my goodness. This is incredible. I mean, I've heard of tapping and, you know, Never really experienced it. And it's when I listen, like Carolyn's first birth was my first, my son, 100%. And so I'm like, okay, I, I'm all over the place. With this. Okay. Can I just finish so, Caroline's story? Because yes, for me, that's it feels still out there and open. And then that yes. might help to, to consolidate everything. So we did those four birth experiences showing including showing the baby how the birth was going to be in the future. Mm -hmm. So after that session, I heard nothing from her for four or five months. And then I got an email from Carl who said, oh, 
just thought I'd let you know Caroline's had a baby because it was on one of his courses that I, I met Caroline. So I went, mm-hmm. oh, great. How was the birth? And he like emailed me back and said, I don't know. I'm a man. I didn't ask. Here's an e- her here's email. So I was like, yeah. thank you. So I yeah. emailed her and I and I did the congratulations, you know, congratulations on having a baby boy. So happy for you. How was the birth? And she messaged me back and she said, we need to talk. And it was like, God damn it. Why won't anybody tell me? So anyway, so um, we got on the phone and she said, look, just let me tell you all the changes that happened. And then I'll tell you about the birth. So I'm going, OK. So one of the things that she told me was about that the separation anxiety had been healed with her husband, no longer doing the fighting. Mm-hmm. Her second boy, when he was born, the midwife twisted his head to get out. So mm-hmm. he had neck injury. Yeah. He, he stopped complaining about his neck. And she had to keep saying, like, poking him, like, how's your neck? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Go away, mum. It's fine. Just like, but you always complain about, yeah, yeah, it's fine now. The pain's gone. Go away. So his neck injury went because we dealt with that in the session. Um, People were commenting, people who knew them well going, I don't know what's changed, but you guys, like, feel closer, more bonded, more. And she said, yeah, I feel that too. She said, my husband noticed when I got home that day from, from, that, from the course where I did the session with her, she said, I'd lost all my fear of giving birth. And even he noticed, he went, my God, Caroline, you're happy. You know, what's, what's going on? What's happened? Must have been a good course. So she told him about all the things that she'd mm-hmm. just done. So she went into that birth experience feeling totally different, feeling like mm-hmm. a warrior. And mm-hmm. she knew that this time she was going to give birth naturally. And she bloody did it. She she said the birth, she said, was she said it wasn't short. It wasn't long. It was like medium. She said, Mm -hmm. I didn't need any pain relief. She said, in fact, there was only two points that you could say were were painful. She said, and I just breathed him out. He just came straight out. And he's the most peaceful baby. You know, he latched on very easily. Now, of course, some people would say, well, this is your third baby. So you kind of should know how to do it now. But considering she was in all that fear and she had two births that were exactly the same, even though the doctors say to her, don't worry, Caroline, two births are never the same. She had two identical ones. So this third experience just was everything that she wanted. And she actually went on to give birth to another boy. So she got four boys. So I think they're going for their own football team (laughs) or soccer team for you guys in America. Um. So she gave um, birth to another boy, exactly, totally naturally, didn't need any more work from me, no more sessions from me. She just, she just gave birth a, a fourth time in the most natural way as well. Oh so God. it was by talking to Caroline to answer your question, how did I get into this? It was through working with Caroline. In that moment, that conversation that we had, I went, oh, my God, yes. This is, this is what I can get excited about. This yeah. is what I can specialize in. And the universe went, you want to use the right you're on track now girl this is what you're here to do have this information meet this person I went to America twice to two different conferences you know I was invited by the amazing Suzanne Arms who um, is a real birth advocate for natural birthing Um, and you know I met the most incredible people there that you know I'm still in contact with that I love very much and I the universe just filled my head with information And then it got to the point of like, I have all this information. What am I going to do with it? So I started teaching and sharing it with people. And then obviously the book um, 
came into uh came was burst if you like because I just had this yeah. I've got to get all this knowledge out of my head all these magical experiences you know it, that you know um, magic happens when we mm-hmm. do this work when we go into the quantum field we do this work as a mother you are so connected to your child so even you know really yeah. estranged children think about the guy i've just said that who was adopted and knew nothing about his parents he was still being influenced by his parents even yeah. though he had never met them we are all connected that is so powerful powerful so someone like me has the same type of birth as carolyn and we can look at, we can read your book, we can look at the resources, we can tap it out, and we have a different. So if you don't know, if you don't know if there's any trauma, you've got this yeah. kid who's got anxiety or some kind of uh, mental health issues, depression, whatever, mm-hmm. but you don't know, you feel like you had fine breastfeeding I latched up everything was fine but something's there is that where you would start yeah and and I mean not therapy not any of this we would start here and if you don't know or you don't remember can you just do a re-imprint without knowing the history so can you just create a new story without tapping out the old story no okay that is what I call wallpapering over the cracks. Okay. So what if you don't know? If you, but you do know. Everything that happens to you from conception onwards is recorded in your subconscious. You just have to access it. Tell me more. How do we do that? So think about hypnosis. You know, people will go into a hypnosis session and will will come up with with concepts of what happened if they don't remember it mm-hmm. um so everything is recorded as i say everything is recorded and 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 held in the field if you like i call it a trauma capsule okay all right and even though we don't consciously remember the the information is still there so and i know this to be true because i've worked with so many people who knew nothing about their birth then they go back and work with their baby self in utero and their baby self in utero is telling you they feel X, Y, and Z because mum's feeling X, Y, and Z. And then they go back and they say to mum, mum, you know, I've just done this session and this information came in. And the mum will go like, how do you know that? And it's like, well, I was there. I was the baby in utero. <laughs> I was there, but it's just come up in the session because my baby self told me this is how you're feeling. Wow. Yeah, that is so amazing. You don't have to consciously remember it. the the begin The first step is always like, what's currently going on right now? Mm-hmm. Tune into your body. Now, I'm suspecting a lot of mothers right now are going, "Oh my God, I did everything wrong." I, sh-, you know, like this explains was, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So I'm just gonna say right now at this point, you were doing the best you could with the knowledge and understanding you had at the time. Yep. Yep. That yep. goes for all of us. The the doctors in the room, the midwives, the nurses, the OBGYN, XYZ, whatever initials they go by now. Um, you know, everybody's doing the best they can with the knowledge and understanding. Yes. Now, yes. their best may not be your best. Like I have heard some pretty horrendous stories of, of what's happened to women 
while mm-hmm. they're in the in the birthing process. Um, and that's not anyway. So in even in the most the biggest traumas where we do suppress what happens to us in a childhood, the energy of what happened is still there in your body. So by tuning in, using your body like you would a desktop. So tuning into your body, where do I feel the energy of that? Mm. All right. Even just setting the intention, I want to work on my birth. I know nothing about it. Most people know something. They know whether they're a hospital birth Mm -hmm. or whether they're um, C-section birth or whether they're a home birth. Most people know something. Just one, just two bits of information is enough. Okay. Right. Was your dad present? Not present. Everybody knows something. Yeah. All right. Just by setting the intention of I want to look at my birth experience, you tune into the body. Where in my body is my story being held? Where is my birth story being held? And then as you tune into your body, you become very present in your body. Right. Okay. So I can feel the energy in my tummy I can, or I can feel the energy in my chest or I can feel it in my throat. Throat is a very... Um, uh, quite often it's either because we've not been able to speak out or maybe the cord was around our neck mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um and then you just go from there it's just like okay so we just go back in time and just what's the first thing you're sensing about your baby self oh she's like really fearful right now okay what's going on how much of that fear belongs to your baby self how much of it belongs to mum? oh i don't know um 80% is coming to mind. So 80% is mum's. Okay, so we're going to go and tap on mum for her fear. Once mum's changed her fear mm-hmm. to feeling more empowered, then that, that influences the baby self, which then in turn influences you because you are attached still to your baby self. That is incredible. That is incredible. And, and what was really, when I was reading the book, just just the words like when dad was expecting a girl and not a boy and, and, and verbalized it. And I tell you, the first thing I thought of when I got to that point was that's why I hate gender reveals. I despise gender reveals for just that reason, because if it's not what everybody's looking for, I feel like they're already sensing a disappointment. And I, I felt that in my bones when I read that and I thought, Oh my goodness. So you can, Like there was a part of that book where your book where the dad did say that and then they had to tap into I'm trying to remember <clears throat> remind me that the was it the so, daughter that did you tap into the daughter so I heard that story <clears throat> I think <clears throat> I'm just trying to think of which story you're, you're here. Maybe it was the one where um, where the, the lady I was working with <clears throat> always felt like her father wanted a boy rather than a girl. Mm-hmm. And she ended up being a very astute businesswoman who always wore oh, yes. business suits yep. and had very short hair. In fact, she'd even that two days earlier gone to a men's barber shop to get her hair cut. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how uh, that's right. And it started off. That was when we were doing the beliefs. So in my book, there's a, a list of beliefs that you can go through, like the world's not a safe place. Yeah. I'm not good enough. I'm unlovable, blah, blah, blah. So for her, one of the things that came up on the sheet of paper that we were given um, was my penis is not big enough. Yeah. yeah. 
And she started laughing and she wouldn't tell me. She said, no, because you're going to think it's silly. I said, come on, we've got to work on something. And she said, well, my penis isn't big enough. And I'm going, okay. So I laughed because that's a funny statement for a woman to say. And then she said, no, really? She said, my dad wanted a boy. Wow. So then we had to go back into her birth experience or her in utero experience, which I think it was her birth, where dad was disappointed and all she felt the disappointment because mm -hmm. he wanted a boy. But then, you know, most most people will love the, the sex of, you know, mm -hmm. love the child for who they are. Mm -hmm. But, you know, culturally, I work with a lot of um, Indian people, for instance, where in the culture, women are very low down the, the pecking order and, and men are the prized possession yeah. ch children. So there's a lot of Indian women, for instance, that carry that shame for being the wrong sex. Mm. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> okay. I have to respect time here. I think I could talk to you all night long. The <laughs> book was amazing. I, I just, the style, you got right to the point. I loved everything about it. So I highly recommend everybody read Heal Your Birth, Heal Your Life. But um, I just want to, lasting words for parents. If they are seeing what? If you're concerned about what, then we okay. do what? Yeah. So there's always two ways to, to go at this. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> look at what it's triggering in you first. All right. Because our children are very good mirrors. All right. They will mirror to you your triggers. Right. Same as being in a relationship with a husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend. Yes. Un any unhealed triggers, traumas will, will come smack you in the face because mm -hmm. that other person is bringing that, that, bringing that to your awareness. So first yes. of all, I always say to mums, like, what is this triggering in you? Deal with you first. Right. So as you're listening to this, what's coming up for you? If you're judging yourself, for instance, do some tapping on that. If, um, if your child's getting you really angry because they're disrespectful, what is that bringing up in you? So once you've first of all, address yourself, you then will go to the child. So um, <clears throat> one of the um, one of the books I always recommend people read is uh, Dr. B Gabor Mate's book, Hold On To Your Kids. Mm -hmm. And that's a very good book for parents of teenagers, because what he's saying is, is this developmental stage. Um, and this is something that I wanted to kind of add in here as well. And then I will mm -hmm. answer your question. Um, the bonding process, we, there's two times in our lives that's absolutely um, optimal time for bonding. All right. So nature set it up that this is the perfect bonding time. One is birth. Mm -hmm. The second is when you hit 13, 14, 15, and that's when you start bonding with um, people outside of the family. Mm -hmm. So if you think back to your first love when you were a teenager, how powerful experience was that for you? Yeah. Yeah. Very. Me too. Me too. I met a, met a, met a boy when I was 13 and I mm -hmm. was so in love with him yes. until I was 17. And he, he broke my heart twice. All right. He broke my heart when I was 13 and then he broke my heart again when I was 16, 17, because we split up and got back together again. Mm -hmm. It was the most. Ah, yeah. Well, and then I had another one when I was 26 with a different guy. But that's a whole nother story. And that one's in Return to the Mother Earth. Um, and we could even talk about that another time. But uh, he um, 
So where children start to prepare to leave home by bonding with other kids outside mm-hmm. of the family, right? It's natural. Yeah. It's going to happen. But if you don't have that firm bond connection with them really early on, then where the, the people that they choose to bond with may not be the ideal people. So Interesting. Yeah. So let's just give an example of a little boy uh, or a teenage boy. He was birthed with a lot of medical intervention let's just say you ended up having a c-section he ended up in the NICU or intensive care or whatever for Mm -hmm. you know a few hours a few days whatever whatever so he doesn't get that bonding time and then you'll get given this baby and you're having to almost like start from the beginning of going through the bonding process if you can do that straight from birth without the interruption then it flows so much easier than if there's a a big gap because the Mm -hmm. optimal time for bonding is the first 45 minutes Mm-hmm. Right. That's the that's the cream of the crop, the, the the exact time. So if that child's never felt that connection and closeness to the family and there's a lot of rage and resentment against mum for not being there for her. And I had this in my own birth experience. I was put in um, uh, in the nursery for five hours while my mum recovered from the pethidin mm-hmm. she was given. All right. So I had this unconscious frustration and, and anger towards her because it felt like she wasn't there for me, all right? By going back and looking at my own birth experience, I realized that the disconnect started in utero because I felt like I was in a toxic womb um, because she was smoking cigarettes and she was emotionally toxic to me. But yep. then at birth, um, she betrayed me by having the pethidin. I was coming. I was like coming out. And then I got stopped from coming out by the pethidin. She <laughs> went to sleep. Then I had to fight my way out. And then I was separated. She held me for a minute. She said, then I was separated from oh her for God. four or five hours. And it was my baby self. When I visited my baby self, who's like trying to get out of her body to to help the other babies that are crying in her environment, because she couldn't stand the the pain that the other babies were were feeling I realized mm-hmm. in that moment that's where I set up my life mission my life purpose to heal this yes because I could see her her wanting to help people so I had to really honor her for going through that experience because without that experience I wouldn't be doing the work I do now yeah so let's come back to types of birth um as well so oh actually let me finish that first so the, the what so your teenager is is primed to bond with with other people outside of the family to create relationships outside of the family this is a natural process but who they choose to have that relationship with so if you're angry if you're running subconscious this anger and resentment and never felt close as a family to your mum your dad whatever mm-hmm. or maybe you've had a lot of abuse experiences then you're gonna be drawn like a moth to the fl- um, like a moth to the flame to a group of other men or boys that yeah. have that same anger, that have that same rage. And your first time in your life, you're gonna feel like you fit in. You're gonna feel like you're understood because you can feel that these boys feel the same way as you do. Oh my god. And then you're going to make a reliance and you are, it's almost like it's a trauma bond. You're bonded to that group because of trauma, 
but you feel like you're in love because in the first time I feel like I'm understood and we're going to go out and we're going to do X, Y, and Z together. And it may be like not good behavior, Mm -hmm. but it feels good because you're, for once you're accepted for who you are. You're not being told off by these other kids because you're, you're angry and you want to, you know, do harmful things to things. Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Gabor talks about in his book why it's so important to hold on to your kids to create that bond so when they do start to to move away, they still they still have somewhere safe to come back to. Mm-hmm. And they go out, they experience life and they can come back. But if they if there's not that strong connection going through, they'll go out, experience life and bond with with those people and then it feels like you're you're losing them or you've lost them and then you don't understand them and um, you know, I also want to say about, you know, if you come, if you, if you experience a drug birth, you're more likely to play with drugs. Yeah. yeah. If you're, if you're born by C-section and you're more likely to have a, a, a fetish or a thing about knives. Um, wow. if, you're, if you're born emergency C-section, that means psychologically, it means that you can start something, start a project, like you started your birth, but then you get stuck. So you then need somebody to pull you out of the situation, right? So it may be just something as simple as homework or the transition between from home, going to play school, going to school, going Mm -hmm. to university, going onto a job. Those transitions are going to feel difficult because although you want to do it, you know you're going to get stuck halfway and you're going to need somebody else to pull you out of the situation. However, if you're born emerg- uh, emergent, uh, if you're elective, that's the word I'm looking for, elective C-section, think about it. You're a baby, you're hanging out, you're asleep, you're not doing much. You're th- you know something's about to happen because like, it's getting really squashed in here, but you don't know what. Next minute, somebody unzips your roof and pulls you out. All right. Yeah. You're not, you haven't gone through the slow transition of going down the birth canal and being squeezed and Mm -hmm. having, you know, your whole body stimulated by that birth experience. One minute you're hanging out, probably asleep or not doing much. The next minute you're out. There's bright lights. There's men wearing masks. There's like this, it's cold. There's this horrible smell going on. And like, where's mum? What's mm-hmm. happening? Like, where am I? But those babies learn to assimilate information really quickly. So as a child, you're going to find that child is going to pick things up really quickly because they had to go from here to out here and they had to learn to process that very quickly. So I always know people on a course who are the, um, the early births. They come early because they're always early at my workshop and the late ones always come late. That's amazing. And I'm always about five, 10 minutes late for everything just because my birth was delayed. So I always like just, I get ready. I'm like really, 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 ready. And then something will come up and delay me. Right. And that pattern just continues. I, I laugh at it because I can see it. 
I mean, it's, it, it doesn't ruin my life, so I don't really do much about it, even though I have done my own birth experience. It's just one of those patterns. It's like, yeah, all my friends know, like, Sharon's going to be five or ten minutes late. She, there's something that will delay her, probably her cats, and then she'll be here, which is exactly like I was with my birth. Oh, all of this makes so much sense. Like, And I've never heard anything like this. Like, never heard anything like this. Okay, so... <clears throat> I want to tie it together. So mom is seeing 13-year-old son going out, playing with the wrong people, getting the wrong connections. Can she now tap into the birth? Yes. And she can create that whole story. Yes. She doesn't have to do it with him. Yes. Yeah. She can do Okay. Yes, exactly. No, no, no. You don't want to go anywhere near your teenagers with this because I honestly, like, I get mothers going, will you work with my teenager? And I'm going, um, how long have you been doing EFT tapping with your teenager and how open are they to it? And it's like, well, yeah, we used to do it when they were a child and they loved it. But now, like, uh, mm-hmm. like mum, don't do that silly shit with me now. Yeah. And it's like, I remember what it's like as a teenager. You think you know everything. Of course. And you, don't, you, and you also don't want any of that wookie stuff that mum does. Yeah. So going back to my client who we worked with, with the mother-in-law that threw her out at four months mm-hmm. pregnant, we went back and we healed that trauma. And the two women had a conversation and they both understood where they were coming from and she forgave her and blah, blah, blah. This is no longer trauma for her. She, she came on the next call and I said, OK, my usual question is, OK, so what, what's what's changed since last session? And she said, well, you never guess what. I had a conversation with my son. He's a lot more relaxed. He's this. He's happy. He's, you know, I even said to him, like, do you still have that fear that of, you know, like having to, to move house, having to be forced to move house? He went, what are you talking about, mum? Wow. And that's called the apex effect. And we get that sometimes as well. It's like when you go back and you change something in your timeline, you forget you even had that problem. Wow. Well, that's amazing. (gasps) Well, I want to respect your time. I feel like I could talk about this for the next week with you. It's so good. It's so interesting. And it makes so much sense. There's nothing in me that says, what? Nothing. Like, I, and probably reading the book really helped because I had a lot of basis there, but it's incredible. Thank you for thank you for your work. That's it's so amazing. So please now tell our listeners where we can find you, how we can work with you, all of those beautiful things. Well, the best way is to go to my website, magicalnewbeginnings.com. Um, and there you'll find a contact form. You can also email me. You can go directly past the website and email me at Sharon at MagicalNewBeginnings.com. I have a Facebook page as well, but that's the, the most of the information is usually on my own personal Sharon King Facebook page. Um, yeah, but I also this year I'm going to start podcasting as well. So Fantastic. Fantastic. So, yes. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much. I I think maybe we can do this again. I think I might have some more questions if we can do this again. This was so interesting and and I'm so glad you found your purpose. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you shared it with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Teen Minds Redefined. Please, it's so important to us if you share and get this into the ears and the hands of people who need to hear this information. This is so good. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by and we'll see you next time. Teen Minds Redefined with Cheryl Pankhurst. New episodes out every Wednesday. Thanks for stopping by.